The World Cup is down to its elite eight teams. The Bills reclaim number one seed in the AFC, and the college football playoffs are set. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Crew Sports Pod. I'm Michael Keem, as always, joined here by Vito Patel. You can check out our Twitter, at Crew Sports Pod. And Vito, the college football playoffs are finally set. We got Georgia versus Ohio State in the Peach Bowl and Michigan versus TCU in the Fiesta Bowl. What do you think about the final college football playoff rankings? In general, I'm a big fan of it. I agree with those four teams. I may have switched up TCU and Ohio State, I think. But then, to be fair, TCU already beat Kansas State in the regular season. Their only loss was to them again in in overtime in the final game of the season. Uh, And plus, I don't think everyone wants to see Michigan-Ohio State again right away. So I'm okay with it, for the Final Four at least. Uh, These are the four teams I think are the most deserving. Would I argue they're the best? I probably think Alabama is probably better than almost all these teams, but I think these are the four most deserving teams. Yeah, I like how you put it because I would agree with that because I definitely think Bama would beat TCU. Maybe I couldn't as confidently say the other three. Yeah. Um, just because like those are powerhouse programs, so they got a lot of talent. But I I do think Bama could beat TCU. But I I agree that TCU is more deserving to be in. So I'm okay with that. Although I was kind of rooting for Bama to get in, <laughs> um, just because I think they're one of the most talented teams. Um, and then yeah, I understand TCU should have probably dropped one, but Michigan versus Ohio State again would be like they just played. That'd be kind of dumb. So I guess you're right. Yeah, it probably want to be as entertaining. Plus, I think this gives us probably the matchup everyone was excited for, like, after a few weeks into the season. Everyone wanted to see Georgia and Ohio State. And honestly, before Michigan beat Ohio State, everyone thought Ohio State was – Ohio State and Georgia were in a class of their own. So that leaves a great matchup there. And Michigan-TCU, I think that will kind of surprise folks. Uh, I think TCU is better, like a pretty good team. A really good team. Yeah, I think Ohio State is the only team here that can beat Georgia, I'll be honest. I don't think the other teams can. Yeah, I agree. So, <laughs> I agree. And then and then obviously we saw Michigan can beat Ohio State. So like I think this combination, this order one through four is like sets up the most potential for best games. We'll talk more about the analysis later, but I definitely think there's something about like Georgia that gives him an edge or Michigan that doesn't give him the same edge against Ohio State just because I think Georgia's front seven is insane. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so we'll definitely talk more bowl game matchups when we get closer to it. But I just want to see your thoughts there since we just got them released. Um, The rest of the Bulls look pretty good, too, though. So December 29th, we got number 12 Washington versus 20 Texas in the Alamo Bowl. December 30th, we got, I think this might be the one I'm looking forward to most, the Orange Bowl. 6 Tennessee versus 7 Clemson. Wow, it's Orange Bowl. (laughs) Yeah, it's really orange. Wow. Um, And then South Carolina, the team that beat both teams in the Orange Bowl versus Notre Dame in the Gator Bowl. That's our team. Uh, That should be interesting game and then the rest of new year's six on january 1st five bama versus nine kansas state saban's been setting that game up i think in the sugar bowl and then january 2nd cotton bowl usc versus tulane and the rose bowl utah penn state is there a bowl that i didn't even mention what's your favorite bowl which bowl games are you looking forward to Okay, I'm definitely looking forward to the bowl game that uh, includes my own team because, well, <laughs> my team. But yeah, also, uh, we're going to be without a lot of our key players. Uh, I mean, Foskey and uh, Mayer, which are like obviously our best offensive and defensive player. But 
Drew Pine transferred, so it's going to be interesting to see if we put in as quarterback. Uh, some talks about Angeli, but most likely Buckner is going to be healthy and we get to see him. But the offensive line a little improved, so excited for that. Um, but then I'm excited to see Bama and Kansas State. Uh, one of the reasons where Saban himself said that uh, one of the reasons why he thinks Alabama deserves to be in is they lost two close games on the road to two really good SEC teams. Whereas uh, <laughs> he said TCU lost to a bad Kansas State team. Well, I don't know if he used the word bad, but like that's what he was definitely implying. So let's see how bad this Kansas State team is. And <laughs> uh, <laughs> so bad blood in that game already. Yeah, I'm excited for that. And I generally think Bama's a better team, but with some transfers happening, uh, and I don't think Will Anderson or Bryce Young will play on this, include, and probably some other good NFL players, maybe like Jordan Battle as safety. They're, they're, I think they're not going to be as good as the Bama team we're used to seeing, so I think that'll be a really good one. I, yeah, I'm excited for that one. I think all those guys going to the draft evens the playing field a little bit. Uh, that should be a good one. I am also yeah. can't wait for the Gator Bowl, though, or the Orange Bowl. We'll go through those two and give like more predictions and stuff when they get a little closer. Um, but I got another question for you, Vito. With all this talk, we've had so many transfers already. Like the regular season just ended, and a lot of these teams are going to the Bulls or going to the big games. Their players already opting out of the games before they even knew what they're going to be in. They just knew they weren't in the playoffs and or transferring. So, do you think? College football playoffs kind of ruined bowl season. Yeah, and I don't. I think it ruined it even before this, like huge transfer stuff. I think the transfer stuff is somewhat associated to NIO, uh, just because like players want to make a big name because they think they can make a few bucks in college, you know, for not NFL caliber. But besides the point, though, uh, the big thing about the NFL players, like players that are draft eligible, just not playing bowl games, is definitely because of college football playoffs. And yeah, I don't. I think that's why I'm a huge fan of the 12 team playoffs because now I don't think bowls really have much weight at all. Uh, they're just a fun exhibition game, just one last time to see your t- team play. Uh, and yeah, most of them don't meet anything. Even even New Year's Six bowls, which have historically meant a lot, like to play in the Rose Bowl used to be like the best thing. It doesn't really mean much. Like uh, I'm sure Utah's uh, NFL play- caliber players and Penn State's NFL caliber, caliber players are not gonna play in this year's game and i mean we kind of see, seen that in the past and the few players that have played there's been potential injuries that have just ruined it and that's like made things worse for them like last year old mrs quarterback uh matt corral he got injured and it was a huge deal it was a huge deal so i think less and less players are gonna play in it if until we have that 12 team playoff so yeah that's what i was gonna try to get at too like we kind of need the 12 team playoff now because like now if you're not one of the top four None of your players try anymore. They don't care about going to bowl games. If you're not in the playoffs, it doesn't matter what you're in. Even like even being in a New Year's Six is not good enough for players anymore. So they all opt out. So yeah, bowls are kind of becoming useless. Like it's just like you said, an exhibition game at best. No one cares unless you're going for the competing for the championship. Yeah, yeah. Which I think I don't know, and it's it does bring another point too. Like I think one of the cool cool things about uh, the college football playoffs, though, is it did mean like every regular season game mattered. Uh, so now with the twelve team playoff, I think one of the things we might see is less importance on uh, regular season games. Like a loss is like an upset is not the end of the world anymore. Oh yeah, now now you won't get kicked out automatically for having two losses, or even in a lot of cases one loss. Yeah, yeah, 
one loss is not going to be that impactful. Yeah. So it like takes away like the amazing stuff that happened when like LSU took down Alabama this year in like that double overtime last play of the game. Like that's probably Alabama was hundred percent still going to make the playoffs despite that second loss. So there's definitely some sacrifices, but I'm still all for it because uh, I think the best part of college football season is bowl season. And if it means uh, the star players are playing in the big games, I'm for it. All the, the big program guys would be in. Bama's, they'll be in. Tennessee would be in. Clemson would be in. I mean, Kansas State would even be in. USC would be in. Utah would be in. Yeah. And Notre Dame still wouldn't be in. <laughs> Just not a great <laughs> not a great year, but yeah. No. No. But it'd be exciting to see all these teams. Yeah. They're, I think a lot of uh, unfinished business. Uh, Pac-12 really, I think, suffered the most because I think they have three teams in the top 12. They would have had three playoff teams with an expanded uh, playoffs, but for right now, they have zero. I think the Pac-12 was really, really good this year, but that was a problem because since they're so good, they eliminate all their good teams. They knock each other out, yeah. Yeah. Yes, I guess. I mean, 12-team playoffs is going to be the best solution. Oh, so speaking of transfers, though, so one of the big things was there's been a lot of transfers. Uh, like, for example, Bama had, has already had 12 teams transfer, and there's teams that have even more players transferring. Uh, and big names like DJ Uyunglele, uh from Clemson, Spencer Sanders from Oklahoma State, Keaton Slowis from, like, Pittsburgh. Like, these are big names, and, like, they're transferring, which is, gives a lot of opportunity for quarterbacks, which is kind of cool. But... Uh, yeah, I mean, they're just going to play different teams. Definitely a little strange. But one of these transfers I'm a little excited about is uh, Indiana's uh, edge rusher, uh, Desan McCullough. And so uh, this is a prediction. Uh, so Coach McCullough is the running back coach for Notre Dame. And he sent all his boys to uh, IU. And now that his boy, one of his boys is in the transfer portal, I wonder if he joins his dad in Notre Dame. And his position is very... Interesting, because I think maybe possibly the reason he didn't play his freshman year in Notre Dame is because there's someone that's much better than him at this position, for now at least. Isaiah Fossey is better than him. So maybe we got the next Isaiah Fossey coming in. We have the transfer portal. Yeah, I remember we were talking about this kid and his brothers last year, like before they went to IU. Um, and we were afraid once his dad, because after they all committed is when his dad left IU and came up to Notre Dame. And we were like, oh, are his kids going to leave IU? And maybe come to our name, but then yeah. they didn't. So yeah, that's a good point. Now that Foskey will be gone, and I mean the the Adamiola twins are more D line than not really edge, but like that whole like front seven pretty much in our name needs to be rebuilt. Yeah, exactly. Which I mean, I think we've been recruiting pretty well, so hopefully some young uh, bodies can get in there. But I'd like to see someone who's proven himself in Indiana just come up come up a few hours north and play for us. And I think he he was the IU's highest recruit in the class last year, so he's leaving already, but <laughs> Yeah. I think one of IU's highest recruits ever, I believe. Yeah, I mean if it's if it's if he comes to Notre Dame, it's worth it for us. Absolutely. It's still a win win. Um uh, all right, moving on to NFL. Last week's pick'em. I went ten and four, you went seven and seven. And Washington and the Giants tied, so we're not really counting that. Neither of us got it. Uh, so now we're tied at five wins apiece. This is a close one. Wow. It's so close. Wow. Dang, this would probably go up to the last week. Yeah. Wow, we have a lot of uh, disagreements this week already. Yeah, this week, I thought this week was tough. I, there was like yeah, four I games I didn't know. But, all right, we'll get right into it. Thursday night. Las Vegas Raiders at the Los Angeles Rams. 
and we do disagree already. I got the Raiders. You got the Rams. Uh, Rams just picked up Baker Mayfield. I don't think he starts by Thursday. That's that's pretty tough. No Stafford. No Cup. No Henderson. I don't know. I don't know what you like about the Rams. And the Vegas, they had a good win last week. You know, I didn't pick them, but uh, they're starting to turn things around. The Raiders have looked pretty decent, but I don't know. At home, Thursday night football. Uh, I don't know. There's something I think I think about having that home home field in prime time. I kind of like in general. But that being said, yeah, I, I'm picking the Rams. It's it's one of those uh, sicko picks. Like I'm not 100 percent sure about it, but I think it'll happen. Okay, okay. Um, moving on to Sunday, New York Jets at Buffalo Bills. We both got Buffalo. I got to pick Buffalo. Uh, we just regained the number one seed with. Miami losing and uh, the Chiefs losing, and we have the tiebreaker over the Chiefs. So Buffalo's back in the one seat, but the Kansas City's schedule looks like they have one of the easier schedules to end the season. Bills have a not the easiest schedule. Yeah, they got to go to Chicago on Christmas. <laughs> uh, that's not the game I was referring to. <laughs> Mostly the divisional games, and I think we play yeah. Cincinnati. Maybe I don't remember. Anyway, we both got Buffalo over the Jets this week. Hopefully it goes better than the last time we played the Jets. Cleveland at Cincinnati. We both cast Cincinnati. Uh, both these teams came off pretty impressive wins last week. Cincinnati has beat Kansas City three times in 2022. Yeah, that is insane. That And all of them fairly close. And Joe Burrow has balled out in all three of those games. I don't think Burrow's better than Mahomes, but in the head-to-head, he's winning these matchups. And to be honest, uh, he's probably a top five quarterback maybe top three the way he's playing this year that's pretty i don't know about top three that's up there okay so so that that first week against pittsburgh was like an anomaly but ever since that like he's like statistically up there and like that's with jamar chase out like a few chunk a good chunk of the games okay i know you like cincinnati Yeah, actually, uh, he did pass up. He passed up Josh Allen as a number two passer in terms of yards last, again this week. So he's number two in yards and has just as many passing touchdowns as Josh Allen, but less interceptions. Okay, Vito, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I like him. I definitely thought, like, coming out of high school, I thought he was going to, I mean, high school, but I don't know. Back then. <laughs> coming out of college, into the draft, he was definitely, like, my favorite prospect in recent memory. I liked him way more than like Trevor Lawrence or any guys from Josh Allen's class. Uh, I definitely thought this guy was going to be really good, especially seeing his accuracy in college was amazing. Insane, yeah. But yeah, to be fair, the dude's been blessed with a lot of good receivers. Like in college, he had Jefferson and Chase, which probably would be the best receiving core in the NFL right now, anyways. Um, (laughs) And even in the NFL, T. Higgins is a wide receiver too. Is like he's like a really good wide receiver too. Uh, and he's young too, so he'll have them for a while to go in. And he still has Chase. And, yeah, and Chase. Yeah, that did change. And Tyler Boyd's a pretty good wide receiver three. Like he's always had good receivers, but I wonder how much of that is him being a good quarterback. No, I think he's good too. And I think their line is at least a little better than last year's horrendous lines. Yeah, they're on a four game win streak. They're they look pretty tough now. Yeah, no, I I, I agree. I like Cincinnati. Um. Keeping it going. Houston at Dallas. We both got Dallas, especially after they put up 50 points last week. Insane. They're contenders. I don't think so still. Minnesota at Detroit. I got Minnesota. <laughs> you got Detroit? Okay. Actually, Detroit's favored for this game, aren't they? They are favored. Uh, and I will say... By two points. That's wild. 
Yeah, Vikings have been looking a little, like winning a lot of close games. They've always won close games all year, but Detroit, outside of their loss against like the Bills, they've won like what three of the last four or four of the last five, one of those two? Four of the last five, because they were on a three game win streak before that. Yeah, okay. So four of the last five and they've been looking pretty sharp. Uh yeah, and at home, I'll take Detroit. I just always leave the Detroit to find a way to like lose the important games though. Yeah, that's fair. I think this is one of them. Divisional game, I think it has a little more weight to it, and Detroit will find a way to lose close, I think. Yeah, I mean, I still think Minnesota is a better team, but I don't know. Minnesota is getting a little complacent, it seems like. <laughs> I don't think they're a... What are they now? 9-2? and two? They might be 10-2. and two. Uh... No, yeah, what are we? Week? Yeah, 10-2. and two. I don't think they're a 10-2 and two team still, uh, so... Yeah. Uh, that's interesting that Detroit is favored. Um Next, Jacksonville at Tennessee. I just hate on Tennessee. I got Jacksonville. You got Tennessee. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you just don't like Tennessee. I still think Tennessee's very good. Uh, and at home, yeah, give me Tennessee. And they just lost. They just lost to the Eagles. And what was crazy, though, is that they're probably going to clinch their division. And they fired their GM. We're definitely really curious about what happened there. <laughs> yeah. Trading AJ Brown does not seem like it went over well, especially <laughs> after he smoked him. AJ Brown had a game, yeah. AJ Brown has more receiving yards than all the Titans receivers at this point of the season and touchdowns. He's just outperforming. That's crazy. Yeah, but they're a team that uses the run heavy in their tight ends, I guess. Yeah, but the Eagles run too. They run a lot. They're a run first team. They don't run as much as Tennessee, but the Eagles have really like I I came in coming into season. I was saying this is like going to be one of the teams that improved, but I didn't think they're going to be this good. Their offense is nuts, and their defense is nuts. <laughs> Very talented, and I mean, I thought it was going to just come down to Jalen Hurts, and I was like, yeah, I like him, but like he's going way over what I thought he would do. Um, speaking of them, we both got them beating the Giants this week in another divisional game. Dang that round one. Uh, Baltimore at Pittsburgh. You got Baltimore. I got Pittsburgh out of Baltimore. I mean, they played Denver last week, so I they got a good defense. But Lamar's going to be out. They put up ten points last week. Still won because of how bad Denver is. But yeah, still won. Uh, Pittsburgh, I think, is not bad. Yeah, but I think Huntley uh, is going to have more time to prepare. So, and I don't, I don't think he looked that bad. Like he still scored on Denver, which is more than uh, you know, Russ did against <laughs> Baltimore's defense. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's uh, true. Like I'm talking about like touchdowns, yeah. Um, so I, I don't know, and I still think like Baltimore's defense has gotten better and better, uh, and Pittsburgh's offense just stinks. So I think Baltimore wins this one on the road. And they need it a little more because now they're tied with the Bengals for the division. Yeah, I just I think Lamar is what makes that offense go, though. I mean, they really don't have receivers. They got Mark Andrews and they got decent running backs. But I think Lamar is a heart of that offense without him. I think it's tough because they don't have the best weapons outside of Mark Andrews. So I'm going Pittsburgh in a divisional upset. Okay. Uh, Kansas City at Denver. We both got Kansas City. Tampa at San Francisco. We both got San Francisco, even though Jimmy G's out. I think Jimmy G just means way less to the offense than that Lamar does. Oh, absolutely. I I think, I mean, they still won without Jimmy G playing, and they beat a really good Dolphins team. I think regardless of their quarterbacks, if they had Trey Lance, uh, Jimmy G, or Brock Purdy, they'd probably win their games just because of how much talent surrounds them. So many weapons. I mean, as long as you can just make like this easy throws and you're not like trying to do too much, just let your weapons do what they do. Yeah. And they got to do your defense. defense. Yeah. yeah. That is a good team. 
Uh, Carolina at Seattle. We both got Seattle. Miami at the Chargers. You got Miami. I got the Chargers. Miami, I still think, is a really good team. And losing that game to uh, San Francisco, I mean, it's a close divisional race. Uh, all four teams are good in that division. So, uh, yeah, I think Miami needs this one. Uh, important game for both of these teams because both of them have a contender in the division in Buffalo and Kansas City. And so both of them are going to be going for wild card spots if they can't beat out the Bills or the Chiefs. I like the Chargers. I think their defense is better than Miami's, and I think their offense is a little more balanced with like Eckler, uh, as Miami's like very pass heavy. They can get a little too pass happy at times. But I like both of these teams. I think they're both good. And the Chargers coming off a tough loss to the Raiders in the divisional game, so I like them this week Sunday night. I think that'll be a good one though. That's yeah, that's a great one. But honestly, this is there's many games this week, including this one that is like, uh, this is tough. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and then Monday night, this was another one that I didn't know, but we both ended up going with New England over Arizona. My logic was, I mean, New England just lost to Buffalo, and they needed. Uh, but I mean, Arizona usually, Arizona definitely needs some wins too. This is a tough one as well. This is a long week for the Patriots because they played last Thursday, and now they're not playing until Monday. Yeah. They got like a week and a half off. Uh, I mean, I think giving Belichick that much time. Yeah, you let him ski on I think they'll be stuff. ready for that game. Yeah. Yeah, we we had a lot of differences this week. So either we'll both do okay or one of us is going to have a bad week. Yeah, oh man, I'm not looking forward to it. He's like, I'm trending downwards as of late. <laughs> We're tied, so it's, it's getting close. And then moving on to our final sport. The FIFA World Cup is still going on. We're down to the quarterfinals now. Uh, last we spoke, I think it was right before Match Day 3 was going to start. So we had Match Day 3. What craziness that was. I think the most insane kind of ending to a group was probably Group E between Japan, Spain, Costa Rica, and Germany. Um, I mean, during that game, at one point, Japan went up 2-1 to Spain. And Costa Rica went up 2-1 to Germany, and it was Japan and Costa Rica. Looked like they were going through, as we all predicted, I'm sure. And Spain and Germany going <laughs> home. That was insane. And then, uh, I mean, Germany just turned it on after that. They put in three unanswered and one, but still not enough to get through. So Japan ended up winning that group. Uh, they went on and lost to Croatia. Spain ended up being second. They were just playing defense, trying not to give up anything. Or else Germany would have went through. Uh, they ended up getting knocked out by Morocco. Both those teams lost on penalties in the round of 16. Uh, this World Cup has just been nuts. How have you enjoyed it so far? Oh, it's been fun. I've, I didn't expect myself to be so into these games so much. I mean, unfortunately, a lot of these games happen during the workday. And uh, I just can't get myself to watch them. <laughs> but um, it's been enjoyable just tracking the scores. And yeah, that was absolutely nuts. I had a group chat at work and it was going crazy. That game, uh, everyone was like, what, goal, goal. Like, uh, and yeah, I mean, there's just the commentary makes it very exciting. And it's really cool to see like the whole world is following this. And then there's like, I've seen like some crazy fans. Like there's this one Mexican fan. I don't know if you've seen this like viral video where the dude like bet like a hundred K on Mexico or something. Jeez. And after his after his team boss, he just like punches TV and starts stabbing it. I mean, fans are I I thought football fans like American football was crazy, but nah, it does not compare. And every fan's been going pretty uh pretty crazy the american fans have been pretty good too honestly like i haven't seen them in the states so united for a little bit um, <laughs> sports bring us together absolutely politics big big goal was pretty popular 
it was a good run for the U.S. But yeah, it was exciting. It's been exciting. Uh, it's been it's been great. So we had the round of sixteen. Unfortunately, U.S. got knocked out by a Netherlands team that just looked tactically very sound and just way more experienced than the U.S. Argentina uh, beat the Socceroos from Australia. Uh, the goalie error just you can't do that in the round of sixteen. Basically, gave Argentina a free goal. France looked pretty dominant against Poland. Mbappe two amazing goals. England crushed Senegal. They look pretty good. 3-0. Especially when they get the right lineup out. I think England's very dangerous. Brazil dominated South Korea. Portugal went through easy. 6-1. But then Croatia over Japan in penalties. And Croatia's goalie looked awesome. Saving a couple. And then Morocco over Spain in penalties. And Morocco's goalie looked awesome. Saving a couple penalties. Spain did not get one. So, have you had a chance to see either of those penalties live? No, no, I didn't see those, and I haven't seen the highlights yet. But Spain did not give one, like one out no, of five. They didn't. Well, they didn't go to five because they Morocco made three, and then Spain they didn't go to five because they couldn't have won anyway. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Man, when you watch, when you hopefully get the chance to watch a game of penalties, it's just my heart is just pounding. Like I didn't even care who won out of either of those games. But just watching the final minutes of that game, like teams just throwing cross in the box, hoping to get a last second goal. Oh, in Spain, literally the last kick of the game was a shot that went off the post. Wow. Guy came subbed on, shot comes off the post. Literally, that was the last kick of the game. And then he took Spain's first penalty, and that went off the post. Wow. Oh, man. Oh, those were just two kicks in a row, both one off each post. I didn't even care who went through either of those teams. I kind of like Morocco, though, and Croatia, so I guess that's who I was rooting for. But my heart is just pounding. Yeah. Uh, penalties is just – it's not for the for the light of heart or whatever the saying is. I know exactly what you're talking about. Damn. Yeah, I've not seen any of those uh, penalty kick games, but those are definitely like the whole fate of – I guess even the country is relying upon five kicks – and five uh, goalie stops. And, I mean, for the Spain one, didn't even get that far. Sweet. Oh, man, it's it's insane. Uh, I've loved this World Cup. It's been so fun. And it seems like a lot of powerhouses are still alive. Like, a lot of upsets, but not that many upsets. Well, I mean, the good teams, there. I think there's still, like, a quality gap between, between, like, the there's 32 teams at the World Cup. I think the top, you know, six to eight, maybe ten, and the bottom, like, ten, I think there's a pretty big gap between them. So it's it's hard to win, especially against these big teams. But um, the other aspect of the World Cup that I, I about this specific World Cup that I've liked uh, seems cool. I'm not there, obviously. I wish I could be, but in Qatar, it's basically all in one city. So like, it seems like the fans are all having a great time. I mean, you can like pretty much go to any game you want. Like the teams are just staying in one hotel; they don't gotta like move around. And like after you go after you like leave whatever stadium you're at, you go back to like that same city. So that one city is just popping. Everyone from all around the world is in this one area and and just having a great time. Because I was thinking ahead, because the next World Cup is gonna be in America, and that's basically that's huge. You're gonna have it's not even America; it's in North America, it's between Canada, America, and and Mexico. So scattered, yeah. Even even within the same country. Wow, yeah. Wow, it's so cool that it's in the, like that small condensed area. Yeah, I bet that'd be a great experience to go to. Obviously, I won't be at any of it, but but moving forward, what if World Cups were held in one city or like two like really close cities? Kind of how like the Olympic Village is just on one place, something like that. I think that'd be cool. I think, yeah, that'd be the best, best fan experience, I guess. Well, I wonder if 
What if we? Well, this won't happen. They don't have everything set. But if you do it in America, if you did it around like New York, you could do it between like New York. There's probably like three or four stadiums that could hold the game, and then like maybe between like Boston, New York. Oh, like the Northeast region. But like, yeah, yeah. But they're all in like that region. So like everything's like a couple hours from each other. Yeah, I don't think it's possible to get everything in a city. But even if everything was like kind of close to each other, not Vancouver to Atlanta. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that'd be nice. I, that's definitely possible. I I don't think they'll do it. I mean, they're already not doing it for the next World Cup, but maybe after that. I think they should look into more one city or like a like within a few hours of each other driving. Yeah. I think that'd be the best, but not easy. But anyway, so we got four games coming up in the quarterfinals, and I think me and you have all of them in our bets. So let's combine this section with our locks section. So for our locks, for $100, how are we doing these bets, Vito? Talk to me about your locks, because I think your locks and my locks for this upcoming week all include the quarterfinals and every game in the quarterfinals, I think. Yeah, I mean, my first bet is every game. So... Uh, a little background to this. Uh, in my work, we have brackets uh, for our the FIFA World Cup. And believe it or not, not I'm not a huge fan or anything, but my bracket's in first place. And uh, one of the things, one of the big reasons is because Argentina, Brazil, Portugal, and France, I have going to the final four, and they're all alive and well. And so I'm going to want to like just go all in on that. So I'm going to put $50 on those four teams advancing out of the quarterfinals. Uh, the odds are not usually great, but they're three twenty-seven, so it pays out one sixty-three for one hundred sixty-three dollars. But yeah, I'm going in on that. I think I really do believe in my bracket so far. I don't know. I have some luck. <laughs> oh, that's that's pretty good. That's pretty good. I did not have the confidence to put them all in one parlay. Uh, I split them up into three. So I put France over England. I agree with you there, and then Brazil over Croatia. I love the way France has been playing. France and Brazil both look dominant. Can you believe, Vito, France, who won the last World Cup, looking to repeat this year, literally half of their outfield, half of their starters are out, like missing this World Cup. Wow, and they're just, they're still this dominant? I mean, literally, and it's not like just like the bad half. I mean, you got the the core of their midfield and Conte and Pogba missed the whole tournament. Um, They're starting left back, uh, Lucas Hernandez. I think he tore his ACL in the first game. So his younger brother, Theo Hernandez, who I kind of like more, is in his place. Um, your center back in Pembe, who is their best center back, is out. And then Ballon d'Or winner, Karim Benzema, their striker, is out. I mean, this guy just won the Ballon d'Or this past year. That means he's the best player in the world over this past year. And he's not in your lineup. And they got all these injuries, and they're still doing great. I still like them. Uh, Brazil look like they're having a great time dancing after every goal they scored, dominating every game. They're starting 11 plays. I like them, too. I put those two together. Those odds for them to both advance is just plus 105. I put 40 on it. Netherlands versus Argentina. This is where I'm going. My upset of the quarterfinals is coming here. Uh, I got Netherlands ruining Messi's last World Cup and advancing. Uh, They're plus 135 to advance, 20 bucks there. And then Portugal versus Morocco. I got Portugal to advance. I mean, I'm a big Ronaldo fan. That one's almost pure bias. Even though he did not start in the round 16 against Switzerland, I think that's for the best. He's kind of old. He needs his rest anyway. I think he comes back fiery. I think great players always respond great, especially him. And his air quotes replacement who came in today, 
got the first hat trick of this World Cup, which is like crazy. That was his replacement. That was his. his replacement. I mean, that was the that was the next striker on the depth chart. So like, he's his first World Cup game ever. He gets a hat trick. Uh, that kid's twenty one. He's pretty special. I think if coach can find a way to have both of those guys on the field, I don't know who sits or if one of them comes on as a super sub. I think it makes a difference. Wow. Still. Yeah, yeah, getting them both on the field sounds like sounds like a plan. Wow, six one. That seems absolutely dominant. And uh, but like I was looking at the possessions, this was weird. Uh, maybe this resembles a little bit of Netherlands U.S. action, but Portugal had the ball less than Switzerland in that game, and they absolutely destroyed them. I, it just comes down to play style. Like the Netherlands U.S. game, the Netherlands were willing to sit back and let us pretend that they were doing something even though they really weren't advancing at all and then just once you get it play the counter there's some teams that are just so good on the counter netherlands is one of those as they showed and i think portugal is another team that's just really good on the counter yeah definitely learning more about that this world cup for sure definitely educational moment Um, I think France is going to have to do that against England just because their midfield, like Pogba and Conte, who normally help them keep like control the game and in, in possession, um, are obviously haven't been there this whole World Cup. Their midfield is not bad, though, but I think England's will be able to control the game better or more than France's team. So I think France is going to have to play on the counter. I still think they'll get through, though. But what what else you got for this week, Vito? Yeah. <laughs> So the Detroit minus two and a half uh, we were talking about earlier today. You're uh, actually taking that? Yeah, I'm going to take Detroit minus two and a half uh, against Minnesota. I don't know. One of the things I've been learning this year, too, is when every time there's like a Vegas odd that everyone's like, that Vegas is crazy for that. That usually ends up hitting. <laughs> Vegas is usually more right to the people. I wonder why. <laughs> so I'm going to go with Detroit minus two and a half. I hope I don't eat that. And then final bet, we're gonna we're gonna play with um a little NFL parlay action. Carolina versus Seattle, Jets versus Bills, and Denver versus Kansas City. You know I'm gonna take the Chiefs, Bills, and the Seahawks. Uh plus one thirty one, another twenty five on that. Okay, yeah, I couldn't get away from from a little NFL parlay. So I only had one bet outside of my three World Cup bets, and it was an NFL parlay, of course. I got Philly over the Giants and Kansas City over Denver. That gets me minus one fifty four odds. That's for my last twenty win. Um, I'm still trying. I'm still looking to try and get back positive. I think I need a couple okay. more weeks. Last week was a good start. I was up thirty five. You were up seventeen last week. So I am. Overall now, down 130. You're down a little more than 400. Oh, no, you were down 17 last week. My bad. Uh, <laughs> it's hard to come back. Honestly, there is a few weeks I had just straight up hit zero, uh, and that's just hard to recover from. Yeah, I, had I don't think I've had too. enough weeks. I haven't had as many of those, thankfully. Yeah, yeah. But there's not many weeks left. It's time to go a little single mode on these. Definitely want to go on the higher odds. Uh so maybe I could hit something crazy. Yeah, that World Cup parlay will that'll help if you hit that. <laughs> yeah, it would be nice. Yeah. All right. So next time we talk, Vito, the quarterfinals will have played out, and I think one of the semifinal games. So I guess next time we talk soccer, we'll be reviewing the quarterfinals and one of the semifinals games, and looking ahead to the next semifinal game. Then. All that's left is the championship game of the World Cup and the third place game, which I don't know why they play that. Yeah, I'm still not sure why they play that. I guess for podium finish. I don't yeah. Know. I wouldn't. I would be too like sad to play in that game. Mm-hmm. It's the day before the final. Oh, I don't know. Um, we'll also be one week closer to the bowl week. 
or bowl season or the like the good bowls at least. Yeah. Uh, there's so many random bowls that I don't I don't follow them anymore. It's just if you're really to just feeling a, like a little college football bet on like a Tuesday night, go ahead and watch. <laughs> yeah, that's true. The <laughs> other that there's not there's no real point. And the NFL season getting closer to the playoffs. How many weeks we got left? Oh, this coming week is week 14. So four more after that. Yes, sir. Yep, it's coming close. Oh, only a month. Uh, With that, we will keep talking football and football, soccer, next (laughs) week. (laughs) Until then, we'll see you guys in the next one.